Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Not sure exactly the day, but around the end of 2020, going into 2021, there was a video that was made uh, that so concisely encapsulated the moment that everyone that I know of that saw it immediately shared it yep. with someone else. And that wasn't uncommon because even the president of the United States, John J. Trump, did the exact same thing over and over and over. That video was called Man in America, and it was made by a guy named Seth Holhouse, and he's on the Flyover Conservative Show today. Yay! <laughs> I love your cheering introductions. Like, how can you not come into this show just smiling and full of positivity? <laughs> that is a whited family tradition. Even it when is. people come to visit, we everything. If, you, if you're watching the sh- show, you stop it, and all the attention goes on to who came in, and you clap. Even when our kids were in middle school and high school, they would be like, you know, a little nervous. Their friends would be like, ah. But like the second time, their friends would come over, they'd be like. Hey, where's my clap? Where's my clap? I kind of like that. <laughs> you know, great. you know, everybody needs a, needs a little more high fives in the world That's today, true. but but very few people have deserved them as much as you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in in a way that in a war of ideas in winning minds, you've created content that has made confusing things so clear yeah. for so many people. It's unbelievable. Uh, thank you. I it, I really really appreciate your your feedback on that. And that's that's really that's the that's the important thing because if you look at you, you know, obviously you're not turning on CNN, but the people that the talking heads have mastered really what's propaganda. And they've been able to take these really confusing things and turn them into these really simple ideas that they repeat over and over again, like Donald Trump is racist, you know, yep. January 6th insurrection. They drill those things in through their simplicity. So it's like, well, how about we use those techniques against them? Yes. And how about we create, you know, content that's easy to understand and explain and to share because that's really how ideas spread. So, and, and you, I, I have to say that you two and your family are doing God's work. You're just doing incredible things. And I'd say that you're a massive inspiration to me in what I'm doing with the Man in America show. So I just, I thank you for everything you're doing as well. Man, thank you, Seth. You know, we have had the opportunity to be backstage with you at the Reawaken America events. We've had some incredible conversations. Always learn a lot. Always learn a ton. We always feel better when we leave those conversations because you're just a great man. One of the things we wanted to cover on the show today is you've done a really good job of prepping, of being prepared just in case because you just never know what could happen. And that was something we wanted to cover today because I know that there are people here that have watched the Flyover Conservative show. Some are very prepared in case something happens, but others have not even started the prep process. We wanted to talk to you about that. What does that look like? And what are some simple tips that you would give to the listeners today? I also, I also like it with you too, because, you know, you see your, you get your jacket and your shirt, this kind of thing, you know, it's sharp. like, you know, people stereotype a little bit and it's like, well, who would know how to do something and who wouldn't? And, you know, you've come, you know, lived in New York city, a part of the epoch times you've done, you know, you've kind of been in both worlds. And I think that story really translates for a lot of people and to understand this process, mm-hmm. I think is sometimes kind of mislabeled. And that's a great conversation there. Dr. Jason Dean, Matt Thayer. I was just. That was a great. That's a, that's a buffet of ideas right there. But yeah, uh, you know, but but you, you don't look like somebody that would have you know chickens at home and stuff like that. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Be, well, it's interesting because as as per the beginning discussion, I realized that if I want to have credibility and I want the ideas that I have and the views that I have and those of my guests to be able to spread, 
you know, I probably shouldn't be coming in front of the camera in a torn up flannel shirt and a Carhartt jacket, right? Unless if I was just covering prepping and homesteading, but I'm talking about geopolitics and faith and, you know, spirituality and all these, these important, you know, topics. So that was an earlier decision. So, you know, I'm I'm really going to try to present myself well and be, Mm -hmm. you know, just respectable and respect my guests and the audience. And it's all part of it. But you're right though, you know, as it relates to, you know, prepping, it's, you know, I, I think that the story of what I've gone through is a good example because it can help remove a lot of the worry. You know, right now I'd say in my life that I mean, my wife and I were, were very, very prepared. You know, we're on five acres of land out in the country. We've got chickens, a lot of food stored. We've got multiple type you know, generators and water sources and everything. But the best thing is that three years ago, I was living in a high rise in New York City. And I wasn't even cooking my own food. You know, that was just <laughs> delivery. You don't have time to eat. Everything is Grubhub or Seamless. Uh, you know, now I grew, I grew up in the countryside of Ohio and I had some of that foundation, but I had to re-enter this arena only a couple of years ago. And really it was at the beginning of COVID that everything really hit me. And so, you know, if someone were to ask me, Seth, how can you simplify prepping? Well, mm-hmm. the first thing is I like to look at just the, the bigger picture framing is like, well, prepping to me sounds like doomsday. It's like, well, you're you're preparing for the nuclear bomb to go off and you've got your bunker and you've got your you know, you know barrels of food buried around the property. And like, that's a little bit more extreme. And most people probably aren't able to do that. And so when I think about prepping, I say, okay, what are the, what are the main reasons to? And I break it down into really three things. Number one is that you're preparing for a grid down scenario. Now, most people have experienced that, right? You've had a thunderstorm move through, you've had an ice storm move through, and all of a sudden you don't have power. That could last a day, you know, three days, a week, two weeks, or more. That's a very, very common reason to be prepared or to prep. Uh, and that could be a longer period. You know, right now we've got nuclear threats coming out of Russia. You know, what happens if China, you know, lets off an EMP overhead? Well, that mm-hmm. means our entire electrical grid and so many things tied to that are down in an instant. So that's more of the grid down you know, preparation. The Next you know, of the three is the government tyranny preparedness, mm-hmm. right? We look at what's happening right now. The government is really overstepping its boundaries. And that's like the understatement of the year. Yep. And what they're doing is that they're looking at the key things that we need to survive that they're trying to take control of to control us, right? Our food systems, our financial systems, uh, water, you know, health, pharmaceutical companies, et cetera. So we're seeing this encroaching tyranny that's happening and so that to me is the number two reason to prep is that I want to be off grid and not necessarily off grid from the perspective of living in the deep woods, but I don't want to be reliant on any aspect of infrastructure that the government can, can control and switch off. You look at what's happening in out West, you know, during the heat waves, they said, well, wow, our thermostat won't go below 75 degrees now because the government says it yeah. won't. These are real, very real scenarios or in Iran, where because of food shortages as a result of the Ukraine war, they've now got bread lines, but they're digital ID bread lines. You get to show your vaccine passport to get your bread. And so like, I'm not going to be entering into that system. Nope. Or you look at China, where if you speak out against the government, all of a sudden your social credit score gets dinged and you can't pull money out of your bank account because they have. So you can see the government's trying to control our food, our currency with digital yeah. currency, everything. So I'm looking at it saying, look, I need to protect myself and my family and have independence of those systems. So that's number two reason for prepping. But number three, and this I think is the most important, is it to me, it's about returning to a traditional way of living. Mm. Because if you look at how the elites or the globalists have mm. conducted their campaign, it's, it's a very long process. 
but it's been a process of taking humanity away from the things that God gave us, taking humanity away from the way of life that we were given by God. So, you know, you go watch Little House on the Prairie, right? They could never be forced into a vaccine ID system. It's nope. like, well, how? Right. Like, I, don't, I don't need you. Like, I'm totally independent of you. And right. so for me, it's this whole idea of returning to tradition. That's like, I want to go back and live, not like, you know, like the Amish with no electricity, but I want to live in a more traditional way mm. where I'm chopping my own firewood to heat my mm. own house. I'm raising animals to, to give food to my, to my family, where I'm growing vegetables, et cetera. And so that's really, I've tried to really reframe my thinking and take it less from this fear-based prepping of like, I got to prepare for the apocalypse, which is, you know, I don't, none of us should be living in fear, right? Because right. it's, it's, to me, fear is a Satan's tool against us. Yes. So I've taken it and reframed it into like, you know what? I want to just get back to the way God wants us to live, growing our food, you know, growing, you know, ha- you know raising animals. And so that, that's how I frame the overall idea of it. And so if we're looking at the, the fundamentals, probably the most important principle I can tell people is take a little step every day if you can. Yeah. Take a little step once a week if you can. Mm-hmm. Because it's really, it's the small things that we do that end up compounding in the future. Like a squirrel that's preparing for winter right. doesn't go out and gather, you know, a year's worth of nuts or a winter's worth of nuts. They do it one by one by one and it mm-hmm. slowly builds up. So that's, and so right. if we're looking at the, you know, foundational steps to really kind of try to break it down to something that's easy, you have to look at what are the main things that you need to survive. And, and one thing that I try to imagine is say, okay, well, if the power shut off and if the water shut off and if the gas shut off for one month, what would, I, what would my way of living be like? Yeah. And that's a great place to start because there's so many ways to prep. Look, if you're living on 15 acres of land in the country versus if you're living in a townhouse in suburbia, your, your destination and your journey of prepping are very, very different. Mm-hmm. But in both situations, you have to ask that question and say, okay, look, if I were to lose my power, my water, and my gas, say you're on gas heat for one month, what would life be like? And so for my situation, that's what I've looked at. And, and I've taken those principles. Okay, well, if I lose my power, okay, what are some backup power sources? And this is always a big question. Well, you've got gas generators. You've got what you know, they call the whole house generators, which are like a generac, which run off of natural gas or propane. Uh, you can even, you know, if, say you have a small diesel engine tractor, you can even get a generator that attaches to the back of your tractor so you can convert diesel engine or diesel fuel into energy for your home. Uh, you can also go into solar. You know, you can actually get really relatively small, you know, solar kits depending on what size you want, you upwards to, you know, you can go infinitely into the more expensive items, but that will then run your basics. So say you're like, well, okay, I live in, I live in a townhouse and I've got a small back area I have access to, and I don't have, I don't, I'm on gas for heat. So you can't go put a wood stove in if you're renting a townhouse. But for instance, you could hypothetically say, get a, you know, solar system with a small heater. And you might say, okay, well, how about we then get a tent that we can pitch on the inside of the house to keep our warmth in there? And I'm going to run a small electric heater inside that tent, right? Because if it's the dead of winter, and this is what Europe is getting ready to head into, mm-hmm. um, you know, heating a home without your main source of, say, power or energy to heat your home, that's a big thing to consider. So, so I'll, I've, I've talked for a, a bit, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Oh, that is huge. I, I love it because so there, there, there are easy things that people yep. can begin doing right now. And, and I like you kind of break out that misconception of like, 
because someone's a hoarder does not make them a prepper. Yeah. You know, like just randomly keeping a, a bunch of garbage mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a plan. Um, a sustainable life, maybe can get you through a few days with some, you know, protein bars or something, but that's not how we're designed to live. I, I, I like that you, you take all these items and you set them on top of a table of, of like holistic living mm-hmm. and independence and I, 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 personal responsibility yeah. really is, is what it becomes. It's not, well, someone else is going to take care of me. It's like, well, what if nobody does? Right. And then maybe we should take care of us. Mm-hmm. If they have children, you have grandchildren. It's like, okay, what is your plan that they could make it through a month or a week or, you know, these kind of time frames, but not necessarily not taking any action because you can't, you know, do uh, it all. Do it all. I and, love the squirrel analogy. Yeah. Little raindrops mm-hmm. make a puddle and mm-hmm. taking little steps along the way because that's how everything good. You say you grow a garden or a good relationship yep. or anything else. It's lots of little right choices. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, so you were talking about generators and all that. What are some other things that would be important? Let's talk about water, food. What are some different things that people can do about that? Uh, great, great question. It's really food and water are are two of the obviously the fundamentals of human life, mm-hmm. right? So we have to we have to secure those. So let's you know dive briefly into food. You know, for a lot of people, they look at food and they see there's a lot of different companies like My Patriot Supply or Four Patriots that they sell. Uh, even Mike Adams on the Health Ranger mm-hmm. store, they sell you know prepackaged storable food. Now most of it's going to be freeze dried. So freeze drying is great because a freeze dried package of uh, you know, lasagna will last mm-hmm. 25 years, right? So we have a freeze dryer and when I have excess eggs from our chickens, I freeze dry those eggs and now I've got shelf-stable, non-refrigerated eggs that'll last for 25 years. But that's wow. a very kind of like, it's taken a long time to get to that point. Sure. So, but it's easy to look at these and be like, wow, like I, you know, to buy one year's worth of food for my family, it's like $8,000. It's like, right. I can't do that. Like that's, you know, look at it this way. What those companies are doing is they're making it easy and convenient for you. So if you don't have time or you don't have the money to, or so you don't have, if you have the money, you don't have mm-hmm. the time to really think it through, they're a great option because you just go online, you say, look, okay, I'm going to buy you know, one year's worth of food for my family. Boom, shows up. You throw it in your storage in your basement. You don't have to think about it. But that's not what I've done, right? Because I'm looking at, at more of a, of a lifestyle and I'm looking at also you know, economic ways of, of approaching this. And so for mm-hmm. one, it's super easy is looking at how you eat your food, right? So for people that are used to a fast food diet or they're used to prepackaged food, if you look into your in your pantry and everything has a label on it, you look into your freezer, it's fish sticks or this, mm-hmm. everything is already prepared for you. I would start there and say, okay, how can we shift our eating habits to rely more on simple ingredients? Because like, you know, for instance, when, when my wife and I, when we make Mexican night, we make our own tortillas. It's just flour, salt, and water, right? And you can wow. make these and they taste amazing. That are way better than the store bought <laughs> yeah. ones. Same thing with sourdough bread. You can make yeah. sourdough bread. It's mm-hmm. just you have your starter, you have your your uh, flour, your water, and some salt. And so, if you look at it from that perspective, looking at how you can, if you're looking at really storing food for the long term, especially on a budget, one of the best things you can do is go to say Costco or any kind of bulk food store. Just buy your your core basics like flour, right? You can buy, uh, you know, I think you know, recently I did a Costco trip and bought 100 pounds of flour. You take that flour, you can then, don't just take the flour and store it on your shelf because that flour might have eggs in it from the uh, insects, from sure. naturally. And over time, you'll come back and there's all these little worms in your flour after six months or so. Mm-hmm. What you do, you take that flour, put it into a five-gallon bucket. You know, Lowe's or Home Depot, you can buy food-grade five-gallon buckets with a lid that seals 
you pour that in there, you can go on to Amazon or if you hate Jeff Bezos, like most of us do, you go to somewhere else, mm-hmm. you can buy little auction packets. So you take that flour, you dump it into your bucket, throw in some auction packets, you seal it up, put that in the back of the, the back of the storage. That flour will last for, for years wow. like that. You do the same thing with rice, with beans, mm-hmm. uh, also with canned food. So the idea is that you, know, y- you don't have to go buy some fancy thing. You can buy you know, 20 pounds of flour for you know, just, a, just a pocket full of change, realistically. Right. And that might then, if you, if you then learn how to bake your own bread or you learn how to make mm-hmm. your own tortillas on a simple stovetop, that flour might be that, you know, say $20 worth of flour will probably keep you going for you know, longer than a lot of the much more expensive options. Now, of course, you don't want to only eat flour. You want to round it out. You want to get canned vegetables, et cetera. One of the other things I can really, really recommend is learning how to can food. Right. And this is, you know, my I grew up my great grandmother, who I was, you know, lucky to know as a child, she lived through the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. I went into her basement a few times. She had the more of a root cellar, walls and walls of jarred yeah. food. So canning, you can get a, a pressure canner online for 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, get some ball jars. It's not that difficult. You can learn how to can food. So recently what we did is we bought a bunch of extra bulk chicken. We have all these chicken breasts. And you can take the chicken, put it, you call it raw packing it. You, and, and look this up, you know, and, and there are some risks if you don't do it properly. You literally can just take all your raw chicken, put it in the cans, put it in the canner, can it for an hour and a half, you know, according to the, the, the exact guide. And you've now got chicken in a can that'll last a decade. And so you take that and you can put it on you. Because say you can't afford a generator. Or say you can't afford right. to have a big freezer, right? Or say you have, because if you, if you have a big freezer, you need to have a generator. Yep, because what happens right. if you lose power for more than yep. two days? Well, you've now lost all the food in there. Yep. But if you learn how to can it, those cans will last you know, over a decade a lot of times. And so it's really good. It's about returning back to these more simple and traditional ways of living. Oh, and, it, so and, it, and it squashes stuff. fear, you yeah. know, as well, because there's it nothing that, that, that feeds fear more than being stagnant. Yep. You know, because sometimes people get deer in headlights and then I, I don't know what to, just movement, just doing mm-hmm. the next right thing. Even if it's not even the best thing, it's just the next right thing you can do starts to dispel yep. that fear. And you, you start taking these steps. It's like, oh, we are doing yep. what we can. And that's where, you know, people pray a lot, but God tends to to do a little more if somebody brings him uh, a couple of, of fish and a couple of pieces of bread. That's right. Like he can feed 5,000, but he usually required people to bring something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, One I can the, partner the with that and spread it. sayings I've heard of that is that, how do you expect God to move mountains if you don't pick up a shovel? Oh, that is good. Yep. So yep. good. That's yep. exactly right. Because that's the journey. You know, God could have taken the Israelites and just teleported them to the promised land. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. It, yeah. I mean, when you, when you, when you, God, God brought light into the world days before he mm-hmm. put the sun in the sky. You know, that's pretty powerful. You know, yeah. that means he's not even dependent upon the sun to create light. You know, he is that. And so he's got the ability to do that, but he still is telling a story mm-hmm. through partnership with this creation in us. And we have to do something. And when you live in crazy times, nobody yeah. expects it. Nobody expected to be in Nazi Germany right. or be a Bonhoeffer. Nobody expected to be in Zimbabwe mm-hmm. when they went to like, you know, 100,000, you know, percent inflation. I mean, nobody, nobody plans on these bad things happening, but you know what? There's no downside to being prepared if they do. Yep. And you know, that's, that's your message. And that's what I love because it does dispel fear. And that's not your main thing. You're living life and creating content and you have a show, but you're like, you know what? I do have people that depend on me and I need to be prepared for them, you know, mm-hmm. because that's a piece of it. And I'm not going to depend on 
the government or somebody showing up with with something to help save the day. It's like, you know, I I, I can do my best right now. That's exactly right. Absolutely. As always, the conversations never disappoint. Seth, thank you so much for your time. If you want to learn more about Seth, which I highly encourage you to be watching the show, go to maninamerica.com, maninamerica.com, and you can find him from there. Rumble, he's on Rumble, Man of America, and maninamerica.com, and you can also find him on social media, True Social, all of that. You can find that when you go to maninamerica.com. Seth, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We'll see you in Pennsylvania coming up this next weekend. One last thing I'll just say is I'm also, every show is is a podcast as well. So if people go to Spotify, Apple, wherever they're listening to search for Man in America, you'll see this smiling face right there. <laughs> Click on that, and then you'll have everything as a podcast. So you can you can be packing your flower while listening to Man in America at the same time. I love, love it. it. I love it. Thank you so much, Seth. Thank you so much. It's always a, a joy and a pleasure coming on here. Hey, Flyover family. This is David and Stacey Whited. We are at the Reawaken America event. It is incredible. And look who's behind us, Eric Trump. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be in in Washington, Idaho, the Northwest. This is our second time out in this part of the country, and the people are going crazy. They're excited. They're coming out of the woodwork because they're realizing they're not the only patriot. They're not a home left alone, isolated by themselves. They're coming out, and they're with 8,000 other patriots uh, at a racetrack because this is what you got to do to save America. And everybody's high-fiving each other. They're giving each other hugs. They're coming around. They are just excited to be a part of this movement that is truly making a difference. They are waking up, they're speaking up, and they are showing up. You all know that we all wanted President Trump to do 80 million things to save our country. We need 80 million of us doing one thing every single day to save our own country. And that's what's happening right here with this incredible crowd. And you know, it's so important that you get together with other patriots. It's so important. That's why they isolated you, had you by yourself for two years, put a mask over you. They don't want to see your smile. They don't want you out in public. They don't want you around other patriots. But when you do, you get awakened. You get excited. you got to be here at the next one. We're going to Pennsylvania. We're going to be going to Branson, Missouri. There's only two events left. So get your tickets. Come out and see us. You have to be there. You do not want to miss it. We'd love to have you come to the meet and greet. It's going to be an incredible event. You know, during the revolution, they got together in bars and pubs. They got together every different little place they could. And they talked about what it would be like if our country was free. What would it be like to not live under a king and tyranny? You know what? That's what we need right now. Getting together, sharing good yes. ideas with each other. Then you take those back home and you get to work. That's where it starts, though. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.